This is Brandy Schantz, and you're listening to Living Chronic. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about the connection between pain and the mind. So when I started this journey, at one point, well, obviously, when I started, I thought, you know what, I'm going to come off of the Humira, and voila, everything is going to be better. I thought it would just be all downhill from there, nothing but improvement. I had no idea I was going to set out on a recovery that was going to take me, my goodness, at this point, it's been almost two years since I took my last dose of Humira, and I'm still on the journey. I'm still on the journey. I never expected this to last so long. I just thought that my journey was over the minute I got my diagnosis and discontinued use of the Humira. So here I am. I've learned a lot. I've learned some things from my doctors. I've learned a lot from every guest I've had on this podcast. And I've said it before on here. I can't say it enough. I'm so grateful for everybody who's taken the time to come on this podcast and speak with me. I am so thankful that I started a podcast. I didn't really know what I was doing. I'm still learning how a podcast works, to be honest, but it's done so much for my mental health and it's done so much to help me to understand pain, recovery, and honestly, my mind. So this is the hardest part of all of this for me. Look, I I was an army officer. I have no emotions that I'm aware of. I really don't want to explore my mind or my trauma. I don't want to have to feel. I don't want to hug. I just want to go about my day. No emotions necessary. This is so difficult for me. This is so hard. Therapy, exploring my trauma, understanding my anxiety. You know... I was told some years back that I should really work on being more vulnerable. I watched Brene Brown. I did the stuff. It's just not easy for me. It's not easy. I don't want to be vulnerable. It's, it's difficult. I feel like I'm being a burden on other people. I feel like people don't respect me unless I'm strong. And I'm sure that's very wrong on many levels. But that's how I feel. So being completely vulnerable, opening up and sharing and being emotional and exploring my feelings. This is just the worst possible recovery ever. But I'm leaning into it because the truth is, no matter how hard I try to resist, the science is there. Of course, the first time I heard someone say to me, you need to regulate your central nervous system, I thought, well, mm, I don't know what hippie stuff that is, but no. Well, friends, I need to regulate my system. It's there. The science is there. It's not hokey. It's not some hippy-dippy stuff. And it's frustrating because it's so much easier to just take a pill give me a pill, give me a treatment plan, make it go away. 
But the pill's not going to make it go away. There's no medication. There's no drug that's going to magically make me better. I live every day with pain. I live every day with some level of anxiety. And I just have to get through it and explore it. So my first level of anxiety was obvious. It didn't take much to figure out what was happening while I was going through the drug reaction and all the changes in my body. I kept trying. I never gave up, which sounds just very heroic. But the truth is, my mind started to associate exercise with pain and trauma. Because when I would try to run, number one, it would be painful. Number two, I had no ability to really do it. I could, I could go very slow for maybe five minutes, and then I would have to stop and walk, maybe sit down on the side of the trail, try again, run for about five minutes, stop, walk, sit down. Sometimes I just collapsed and sat there for an indefinite amount of time before I had enough energy to be able to slowly walk home. And then I couldn't do anything for usually two to three days because my body was so wrecked from even attempting to do a run, something that I've done for years. And I've even run through a lot of pain. I keep reminding everybody, these are just new issues. I have dealt with a number of issues for years. I have severe knee issues from the Army. I have had a lot of severe pain since leaving the Army. Um, it took forever to get that fibromyalgia diagnosis. I went to doctors at one point, they thought I had bone cancer. Um, you know, just, I've been dealing with this for years. So it, it was very unusual to suddenly just have zero capability to do something. So the anxiety associated with that was very easy to understand. I would start getting a little bit of a panic attack. My mind would start saying, oh my God, you can't do this. You can't do this. You're going to be hurt. So that was the stuff that I already knew I needed to get through. And I started working on that and I still work on it, but it's much better. That was very easy to identify. What wasn't easy to identify was this mind stuff. There's trauma in my tissues. I don't even know what that means sometimes, but there's trauma in my tissues and I have to figure out a way to regulate it. I have to deal with the PTSD from the army. I have to deal with the PTSD from my reaction. I have to deal with the emotions and the trauma from my Crohn's diagnosis and everything that's put me through. It just feels overwhelming. Like, how big can this mountain be? Again, how much easier would this be if I could just take a pill? but there's no pills. So I started reading this book, The Divided Mind. It's such a great book. Now I want to read all this guy's everything. Dr. John E. Sarno, MD, he really just brings up some great points. Something I'm very thankful for. Again, there's just so much I'm thankful for. I'm just one day I'm just going to list everything I'm thankful for right now because so many people, um, Books, doctors, you name it, have come in and helped me and given me information. And I've learned so much about medicine, about your mind, about chronic pain, about myself, uh, everything. It's been, um, it's been amazing. 
And Dr. John Sarno has some really great insight into how your mind plays into your pain or your disease. I think part of me always knew some of it, right? Like there's a thing called the placebo effect for a reason. We all know that there is a placebo effect. So obviously your mind has some role in how you feel. And it's not just placebo effect for people who imagine have, you know, that they have a disease. This isn't about Munchausen syndrome or, um, you know, just constantly feeling like you might be sick or anything like that. There really is a mind body connection. And it's not mind as in it's in all in your head, you're crazy. And that's one thing that Dr. Sarna does a good job of laying out. Often when we say these things, it's it's very insulting. It's all in your head. Well, obviously it's not all in my head because I have I have physical pain. Or, you know, this is something that happens in cancer patients. There's a mind-body effect there as well. These physical manifestations are real. And he just does a great job of really exploring that. And part of that, and I can't explain this the way he can, definitely read the book. I, I've enjoyed it. You know, he talks about your body just not sending blood to certain areas, to sending signals to your muscles. I mean, and we know this, right? I mean, I didn't go that far when it comes to science. I, I've said it a billion times. I think the only science class I took in college was exercise science. But we all have that basic understanding, right? So we know that the mind sends a signal to your muscle and makes it contract. I mean, I remember that. But it can also send signals to say something is wrong. And some of the more fascinating examples he used, I think the one that fascinated me the most, honestly, was whiplash. He talked about how when whiplash became a thing, they noticed that everybody who got into a car accident, you know, being rear-ended, that stereotypical, now I have whiplash. We, we all know what it is here in the United States. He is a different country. I believe it was Sweden. Every person who got into one of these accidents manifested a whiplash effect. Went in to see a doctor. They had physical manifestations of whiplash. They were diagnosed with whiplash. It was a phenomenon. Then he looked at another country that did not have health care uh, insurance. So, you know, you know, if you got whiplash, what were you going to do, right? Um, and when people got into the same type of car accident, they had no physical manifestation whatsoever. And I just thought that was fascinating. He also used tennis elbow as a good example of that, you know, areas where tennis elbows started to increase. People, you know, came in and playing tennis, I have tennis elbow now, whereas when it wasn't so popular, if you will, or, you know, wasn't a big phenomena, you didn't have people manifesting these very real physical ailments. So what does that even mean? I mean, the physical manifestation is real, but there's a connection with your mind. How do we get to the other end of this? I don't know. I'm still reading the book. Um, I'm almost finished. I, like I said, I've already committed to reading his other books because I find it so fascinating. And at this point, understanding that there's no pill that's going to make me better. There's no Superman that's going to come down and 
suddenly make me a healthy person again. So I have to try what I can. Obviously, this is the most difficult of things for me to do because, again, vulnerability, uh, exploring my emotions, issues in my tissues that are trauma related. Uh, I, I can't, but it's obviously the best way to go. And right now, that's what I'm starting. This is my journey from this point forward. I've been working on the anxiety around exercise and movement, and I'm doing much, much better, much better. Uh, today, I was, I got out there running and I could hear myself in my head. Oh my God, what are you doing? You can't do this. Slow down, slow down, slow down. And I did use some of my breathing techniques I've used. And I've, I used some of the, um, you know, those techniques I've learned about how to stop my mind from thinking those negative thoughts. I try to flip the switch. Oh no, but you are running this fast. You're fine. You haven't, you know, you, you've been off this medication for almost two years. You, you can do it, you know, all of these different things. And I did, I made it. So overcoming that kind of mind burden and anxiety is a big deal for me. And I, I, I'm not a hundred percent, but boy, I, I've come a long way. So I think it's time to take that next step and, and try and learn and be vulnerable and explore everything. I've said I was going to do it. I've tried, I've stumbled. It's just very difficult for me. I think it's probably difficult for many of us. Who wants to have to explore the trauma you went through, you know, 15, 20 years ago? It's, it's not desirable to say the least. But after learning what I have, you know, it's time. I think I obviously still have some very real physical manifestations. I still, you can very easily see where my muscles are not working the way they're supposed to. I still have heart rate issues. I still have uh, a lot of issues with my joints. But getting to that place where I'm learning how to regulate my nervous system, where I'm learning how to control my anxiety, and I'm learning to explore my trauma and why I'm feeling certain things. It's, it's overdue. And I'm, I'm going to be working with a lot of different people. I definitely plan on reaching out to a lot of my guests. I know if you're listening to this podcast, you can probably think of quite a few people who've said to me already, Hey, Brandy, I learned how to regulate my system. And this is where I've gotten to. So I'm going to start working with them as well. So my first steps are my new routine. And it's hard for me to change a routine. I love routines. But my new routine is when I wake up in the morning before I do anything else. And let's hope the dogs allow me to get here is I'm going to do a meditation, a 15 minute meditation. Nothing else, no stimuli. The phone is going to stay far away from me. No phone. And I'm going to start with a meditation. The second thing I'm going to do is get rid of the phone sometimes. I think the phone has become a bit of a crutch, if you will. We get used to it. And I think it's definitely having a negative effect on my mental health and on my recovery. So it's not that I'm getting rid of the phone. It's that I'm going to have some dead zones planned in my day where I just don't touch my phone at all. And that's what I'm going to start with. I'm going to keep adding 
as I go and I'll keep everybody updated on how this is going and, you know, just how much progress I make with these kinds of changes. I already like to spend a lot of time outdoors and we're definitely entering my time of year. It's going to be September in a couple of weeks. I like the fall weather. I love cooler weather as well. And I live in the DC metro area. So we really don't get cold. We basically have a very long extended fall with an occasional spring day in there because I have been driving around the area with the top down on my car in January. It's it's DC. We get a lot of warmer weather in the winter. So I don't really have to make that a goal. I think that's just going to happen. Uh, I like to be outside. But the phone and the meditation, I think, are two lofty goals for me because I don't necessarily like sitting there and being within my own mind. Uh, so the meditation, I think, is going to be a big one. I'd already started writing um, kind of some daily affirmations each morning, you know, just to help me get a good positive start. So I'm going to continue that. I'm going to do that after I do my meditation. And let's see how things start to improve before I add the next thing. By then, I'll finish The Divided Mind, and hopefully I've already started another one of Dr. Sarno's books. And of course, I'll keep bringing on great guests, and uh, you know, we'll all learn together, and hopefully I can see some really great progress, and I can share with you what this journey has done for me in healing, in recovering, and in getting back to being the person that I really want to be. Thank you for listening. This has been Living Chronic.